This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Help this podcast and all of the other great podcasts at Boardwalk Audio Network by clicking on the button that says support our artists on the Boardwalk Audio website. By clicking that button, you'll be directed to Amazon.com where you can do your normal purchasing on the website. That it will cost you nothing just by clicking that button and then going to Amazon.com to make your regular purchases. We'll get a small kickback that will continue to help bringing you great shows right here on the Boardwalk Audio Network. So again, click that button, support our artists, and help bring great podcasts to your ears. Welcome to I Will Watch Anything Once. I'm your host, Mark David Christensen. Hello, listeners. I hope you're having a wonderful February full of love and black history. Um, This month has been a, a, a crazy month for our country. But um, instead of getting on some soapbox that's uneducated by me and going off on a rant on how much our country is falling apart, you could go to your news feed and look at all of that on your own. All I wanted to do was to encourage you um, to treat every year we come around Christmas and people always say, like, we need to keep this Christmas spirit year round. I agree with that. That, that idea of giving and love throughout the year. Well, I think the same goes for Black History Month. Um, Black History Month is a great month of um, reminding us that we need to look um, at people uh, that are different than us and have not only empathy, but also a willingness to listen um, and learn to understand somebody else's experience outside of our own point of view. But it shouldn't just be a month. I think the idea of Black History month should be year round. So I just encourage you as a listener to continue to educate yourself, not only in um, black lives, but uh, various lives outside of your own. Diversity should be, the idea of diversity should start for our own selves. Um, Go out of your comfort zone and make friends with people that are different from you, or just pick up a piece of literature, watch a a movie, um, read anything that, or look at art that is created by someone outside of your own circle, outside of your own life experience. I'm encouraging myself as well as you out there to do the same and do it year round. Um, I think that'd just be a positive for all of us. Now, going into this episode, I just want to let you listeners know that the recording took place um, at the Arclight Cinema in their um, their restaurant. So there's a lot of background noise. Luckily, though, the microphone I was using does centralize our voices. It's a great panel discussion about the the movie this week. I highly suggest sitting through the entire thing. My guests have great insight um, and um, into the movie. I think it's a wonderful discussion, and I so. I hope you um, sit through even the background noise of the Arclight Cinema for the great discussion. Just give it a chance. That's all I'm saying. I think it's a great episode. And also, (laughs) this is a silly thing um, because 
um, we, while we were sitting there actually talking, um, you'll hear us reference that Johnny Depp shows up at the Arclight. Um, I didn't get a chance while we were recording to actually point out that I don't think it was Johnny Depp. Um, I think it was a lookalike. I think it was one of the lookalikes that hang out on Hollywood Boulevard or get paid to look like Johnny Depp. Because once I got a good look at him as he was leaving the cinema as we continue to record this this week's podcast, I was like, that guy doesn't look as put together as Johnny Depp. And he looks sort of like too dressed up for Johnny, even Johnny Depp. And I think it was pretty much not Johnny Depp. I think it was a Johnny Depp lookalike. So well done, sir. You tricked us momentarily and I wasn't able to, to vo- um, point that out while recording the podcast. But this is a great group of people. Um, some of some of them I knew prior. Um, one, um, I actually met and got to know while watching this film together and as well as discussing it afterwards. Um, it was a great group because it's a, it's a, it's a very important and heavy documentary. Um, but I got to to talk to three people that, that this is, this documentary reflect their lives and, and their points of view of America. And that was a wonderful thing. And also they're just, they were fun and lighthearted with it as well. I mean, there's plenty of bits throughout the recording. You'll, you'll get to enjoy that while you listen, but let's get to the great episode with my three wonderful guest, Charity Miller, Aqua Danso, and Sasha A. Ali. Uh, all right, I am here with uh, Charity Miller, Aqua Danso, yep. Danso, and Sasha uh, A. Ali. A. Ali. Thank you. I just found out today. I at least said it for the first time tonight. So my brain's still great. Uh, so we are at currently. You can probably hear the sound around us. We're at still at the Arc Light in Hollywood, yep. and we just saw a documentary by the name of "I Am Not Your." Negro. Yes. Great. Say that. I could say that. Thank you. Can say that. <laughs> being, being the one white man, uh, the one white man the right now. At home should know. He can say, "I am not your Negro." Negro. It's all good. <laughs> Thank it's you. Good. It's more definitive statement than anything. You know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I feel like they called it that because they couldn't call it the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I feel like you know what? That was one thing that I always thought about. I was like, was that a James choice or a their choice? It's you can't sell a movie. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, but you. You can. think like Peck, like Raquel. Uh, how do you say his first name? The director. I don't know how to say his. Raul. Raul. Beck. I mean, he probably maybe wanted to use their. Because I'm the pretty word, sure. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure James is not. Like, if James were out today, he'd be like. Oh, hey, no, he would be cool. But I'm saying they're trying to market this. No, I get that. But yeah. I, like, in. in, in in the honor and in, in the thought of James, I feel like it would be "I am not your nigger." Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. And I—that's the first thing that when I was like, "Huh, I am not your Negro." Are we trying to be politically correct about this? Are we trying to sell tickets? Because yeah, they're not trying to sell tickets. Yeah. Are they trying to sell tickets, trying- or are they trying to make it more conducive to the audience that needs to watch? It? They're trying I, to make I, it I was more about to bring palatable. that up. I think, I think if you do put it at the end, at the end word, then you don't get white people on there. Mm. Yes, they're the ones who need people that, it. and exactly. not even not and like. I'm going to put mine in a category that's willing to go at like I was when I saw the doc, the the trailer 
uh, back in December, I was like, oh, I'm excited to see this. Cause... You didn't tell anybody because you were uncomfortable about the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't post about this. No. I posted it on my uh, Twitter feed, I believe. But that's <laughs> it's it's so safe. It. Yeah. But it's like, I think if you would have, this movie, I can now, I could send this over to my parents yes. and be like, you need to watch this. And it'd be, I think they're not scared of it less. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it had the N word, my parents would be put off immediately. And then Does when that you tweeted on Twitter, right. someone would flag your tweet. Uh, yeah. If you have the counseling. Which is interesting because the very idea of the sentiment behind what he was saying was, is this big fear of your own reflection. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I'm the one with the chili. There's, tethered throughout this whole thing is always talking about more chili. chili. <laughs> You're like, what chili. did they do with the chili? Yeah, what so, they do with the chili? When he was talking about the dysfunction society as it relates to race, more chili. More chili. <laughs> more chili. More chili. <laughs> as soon as it gets real serious, then more chili. Just some women? <laughs> yes, we were just talking about social class issues, but exactly. yes, I need more women. Thank you. <laughs> you are the perfect people for this. <laughs> we got bits for days. Uh, this is literally how we discuss social justice. We'll be like, did you see those people murdered in the street? And I cannot believe the ashiness of those cops that murdered them. <laughs> how dare they? They knew they were going to be on camera. Exactly. You should have lotioned up before going out. Yeah, like, you're gonna, yeah we, we, we laugh to keep from crying. Right. We really do. But, uh, I, but I do think you guys are right about the title because it ends. That's the last chapter in this mm-hmm. documentary. It ends when they use the N-word. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't, they're not shy about it, which I think was a very great way to end of this documentary perfectly but before we get to the end uh, well why don't you summarize up um, I'm going to ask one of you because I think this this documentary is about your experience in America not mine as a white man mm. <laughs> so I would like to ask uh, one of you it would, for listeners that are, have not heard about this movie or, or thinking about seeing it summarize what what this documentary is wow I would love to say that it was cathartic or something, but I feel like watching this movie is the same sentiment I had post-election, where if you have been conscious in America, nothing that was said in that film was shocking or new information. Correct, yeah. It was great hearing him because uh, Sasha and I are, fair, full disclosure, groupies of James Baldwin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. But yeah. being children of, you know, who we are in the period of time that we're in, a lot of seeing his speeches comes in snippets and on the web. Whether it's someone who tweets, like an excerpt from a debate of his, or on his Facebook account, uh-huh. doing like, we've never seen that much discourse from him, but we both read him and we're very familiar with his written works. So we were both immediately like, we need to watch all yeah. his, like, I'm gonna, I've gotta find that Cambridge debate. So I would say for my experience, it really was like a mirror. I just watching a mirror of like this, yep, pre, you preaching to the choir. I heard sniffling. I don't know if it was from any of y'all. It was for me. Oh, I'm no, a big, I'm a very, I mean, no, I'm, I'm probably overly sensitive. No, we cry and, like, yeah. like babies in Fruitvale State. We watched, oh, and there are other films, just 12 Years a Slave, we were like crunched, like, ooh. But this one, I didn't cry, not because it wasn't great or emotional, but it was because it really mirrored the sentiment, the times right now. It is, yeah, so that's my takeaway for it. Like, from the time, most of those clips were recorded to now nothing's really changed I 100% agree with you and I I think that's why and I'll let you guys chime in I apologize if I cut off is 
there's right off the top there's two things that I loved about this documentary before even the subject matter and what people need to watch it to be educated and understand was that the approach was the music choice at the top just when the credits start is so aggressive in saying pay attention I loved that choice because most documentaries I think come in very soft too yeah. soft yeah you're right do you know what I mean? They're like, mm-hmm. let's warm you up, and then we'll get to it. This was very much, no, you need to sit. You, I'm calling attention to well, it myself plays right like now. a shepherd. Like when you go to Disneyland, the ground has different textures mm-hmm. so that you constantly look up because that's the whole point of Disneyland, not yeah. to watch your feet. You don't yeah. pay $150 a ticket to go look at your feet in a different location. Right. So, And I find that like it very much, you're aware of it because it's the shepherd through the information. And it constantly changes, and it's jolting you. There is no moment where you can be passively listening in a comfortable state. You yeah. know what I mean? You mm-hmm. are alert at all times. And I think that's what the point of the music is, in some way, okay. is to guide the audience, you know? Especially towards the end. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Where it just became silent, and then you feel it. Yeah. Like, the room was packed with silence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I felt it pushing against me. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you can do in a movie when you are really just hoping everybody's going to watch it, but knowing that if you do it right, everyone is going to feel the same way. Yes. I also got to chime in on not just visual, not just, you know, audibly, but the visual aspect of the way they made the decisions of the black and the whites. Yeah. The way, and I'm, and I'm talking about like race, but I'm just simply talking about in shot how it was the first half majority was just black and white, yeah. and every now and then you could see them go and bring in that color from that black and white shot, yeah. and I was like, yes, this is just a reminder of how black and white, how divided we are, and when they hit those certain talking points, they would switch to color when it was all about unity, and when James was like, well, this is who we are as a country, as a people. It was the visual unity. Uh, the, Where the visual. There was, yes. yeah. And then they, they made it even extra point which I thought was beautiful is when they were showing clips of the black and white footage of him in that uh, speaking in front of all uh, Cambridge. 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 and then with the color you oh, realize yes. mm-hmm. he's the only black man only in that room yes. like, and that's with color on and I was like yeah. wow yep. you really just you just made just it very it. clear that's very, that very that well what's, in, what's going what's oh. going on uh, yes. I love that choice <laughs> like that was and uh, real quick back to what I was saying like and also the great choice and speaking to what you were saying is like t- things have not come very far and that's what this is also pointing out was the first image when they start talking about in they're over Baldwin talking about coming back from Paris and coming into uh, America again they don't show footage of the time of uh, of him coming back in the 40s they show right now that yes. was the first image we got uh, was Times Square downtown and I thought yeah. that was so great because you're going no I'm not we're, we're using this not to talk about then we're using this to talk about now, not, not now. Raul knew what he was doing yeah. <laughs> he really it did was he it was cool. yeah that was perfect so much uh, like easter eggs if you're not paying attention you would miss yeah. I also liked uh, the juxtaposition between the old films they would use especially when sometimes they didn't even relate to necessarily his point of view the older films he's like oh I remember watching this and how I felt but then as we inched on he's like look it's almost like this is what white people are doing right now and then when it cut to like the lynching spoiler alert um yeah uh, period and then the the music drops out and then you have that silence again and showing the uh, imagery I was like oh so many well, he, they touched upon it the idea of 
this fake representation. You know what I mean? And it's almost like a distraction. Yes. To make you not pay attention to this. You receive the news the same way. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a... What was the documentary we watched where they were talking about... You're watching the news, right? And you are constantly bombarded by people of color committing crimes. Whether they be the middle Is it 13? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Great. So this idea that you... It's almost like subliminal messages. You're mm-hmm. seeing this constantly. So you, without understanding believe that crime is associated with this were you to take Mm -hmm. the SATs and you had your section you would be conditioned to find that in the same category yes okay so that's what they were doing like this when people always say oh I wish we could go back to the 50s oh I thought of that too yeah but they do it without the they do not overlap those two yeah, times the, when they, they showed it was as if like they think it was a billion. Years I'm telling ago. you, Raul was like when they showed that grocery store uh, entire. Oh, yeah, I, had, I knew exactly from the very first time they showed the couple with the baby in the car. Yeah. I, I the first things in my brain was make America great again, yeah. take yeah. us back to the and it, he knew what he was. I was like, oh. yeah, he didn't say it, and it's all fault. I mean, we we have this now in our lexicon, false news, and yeah, but back then it was actually all false. Of really what was going on. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had it for it, a while, but it was named something else. Like when I was in college, Stephen yeah, Colbert, right. when he was getting on the scene, Truthiness. there was this mass expulsion of truly. You know what I mean? Like because he was like, "Stop it!" You know what yeah. I mean? He was like, <laughs> "This idea of truthiness, where I repeat it over and over and over again, and no one checks it, and it becomes fact because that you're receiving it from the only conduit you adhere to, yeah. yes. and that's one that reflects your sensibilities, oh, whether girl. it be true or not. Yeah. Right. And what's even more fearsome that it is not juxtaposed against anything else. Exactly. No like at the end then. when uh, <laughs> when he had the debate with the other professor that came out oh my and said God. that he didn't just. Dis- and it was just like I was so glad that James snatched his edges oh, because wow. he really just was coming out and like you've uh, stated your reality very eloquently and patiently with this man in front of a live studio audience that pretty much agrees with you and I'm willing to bet that audience was the majority what majority white the and then this perfect yeah and yeah. this professor came and tried to tell him your reality is not a reality uh, your lens is not a lens and the problem is you so you are being Johnny a victim. Depp is here. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm not. I don't care, but uh, he's really is here. No, no. did you notice the, any yeah, of the really excitement? Is. We in, are recording this in, while Johnny Depp is moments away. Wow. And the thing is, this is more important than Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense. I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's why I, was, I was being sarcastic. You know he beat his ex. Yeah. Back, back to. Oh Jesus. <laughs> but he's wearing a She's silly like, hat as usual. It all the way trail. <laughs> so here's your lemon. And here's your lemon. <laughs> Look, you guys. We just saw a powerful documentary. About what is fucked up with American society. We can still gossip, though. <laughs> okay, we're not too petty. We're not too petty, kids. Um, okay, we just called petty, a cops police officers ashy. Yeah, so we yeah. know where we stand. Yeah. Yeah. We stand you still are the best group for this. Uh, <laughs> to 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 add on to that, when James was talking about who he was as a black man, he also, guys, you got to see this movie. He talks about the fact that he had to walk out of the same building of a blonde woman that he was dating. That dude, and what? that for me was. So so crazy because I went to college in Nebraska. There was an abundance. I'm <laughs> Charity again has no levels. He's running through the cornfields. Don't make eye contact with me, Janine. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I never experienced that, but I could relate in in the sense that 
it still happens today. There oh are still God, yes. interracial inter- relationships where things are hidden. And it happened to a really good friend of mine who I'm not going to put on blast, but he lost his future wife because she was like, I know our children won't be ex- won't be accepted. And this is now. This is 2017. That's, and that's a real yeah. issue. Yeah. And you sit here and you may, it makes me think, well, what kind of bubble am I living in? Because I'm like, what? Where would they not be accepted? You know, before I saw this, I used to think, ah, you know, as long as you do right and treat people with respect, you're going to be good. No. Mm-mm. I had a friend who literally, I realized that he's, bless his heart, he's not racist, but he doesn't have very many black friends. And it's not for lack of trying. It's just, I fit into the type of black person that he thinks he's comfortable with. Oh, Lord. And I had to, uh, I had to explain that to him. Yeah, I was like, you know, while you may not be racist in the sense that you don't like black people, you like a certain type of black person. And I seem to fit that mold, uh-huh. and that's why you and I are friends. And there are they a lot don't of know how to identify what they don't understand, exactly. which is exactly what, what James is talking yeah, about. Yeah, he, he says he, the definition. We are not a monolith. Yeah, yeah. We there are all types of black people, but they. But I think it's that's a human nature thing. For example, uh, part of my problems um, is. I'm always like, what's right is right. You know, we're very, Sasha and I get along. We're very moral people. Uh, That's one of our few positive traits. As you can tell, I'm really bad at picking seats. But Lord, I can, I'm moral as fuck. Can we go on a little tangent? She, uh, hold that thought. I deserve to be dragged. Hold that moral thought. We all decided to go to this movie together. I asked her to to allow me to to, uh, Venmo her so I didn't have to use my credit card. So we got our tickets together. I clearly knew it was K, that we were in row K, but she decided to tell you Aqua and Sasha that we were in M, and we didn't figure this out until we were in the theater. It's an empty theater. There's like 200 seats, probably about 50 people She didn't people get there. us in sequential order, though. I was like, <laughs> it was literally like 30K, 31K, 32M, and, and 33M. I'm, I'm in N. So, Four rows back. I used to make jokes that uh, <laughs> my master's degree is not mathematical. It is not in the slightest. I, but it's not even alphabetical. Uh, yeah, you're way off. I was like, oh. I, I have to take the L for life for that one. I was so certain. I picked Aqua seats. I was like, this is the row. We made friends in that theater, though. Made friends we in the sure theater, did. But climbing she really put me seats. in the back. How are you going to put me in the back of the James so Baldwin movie? We fought sorry, for the front in charity. I can't, this is her ID. So puts funny. me in the back. So funny. Oh. But back now to the actual thing we want to talk about. Johnny Depp. No. <laughs> Not at all. Um, bits but. and bits and bits. Oh, with the moral compass. Yes, moral So, uh, I butt heads all the time um, oh. just with humans because they don't ever want to stand up for righteousness and I loved so much hearing the words, especially when they cut to the speeches of him saying about the root of the problem is that people are complacent and I really think that's what's happening today. Yeah. Trump is a prime example that people are willing to vote for bigotry, supremacy, hell, all the trees. What else? Racism, sexism. Yeah. But see, the fascinating thing is because they don't see it that way. They see our all one issue voters. And the thing is, they are a reflection yeah. of those that surround themselves. They live in this fucking bubble. Yeah, Nebraska. Where they, and they're like literally, because they haven't murdered someone that doesn't look like them, they don't they're, think that they're, they're yeah. exact. And it's like, yeah. you would vote for xenophobia for over XY. And that's what he was preaching back then, okay. back in the black and white TV days. Yeah. Of saying that this is the problem is that you guys are comfortable with black people swinging from trees. You're comfortable with black people having lesser education quality. You're comfortable with black people not making the same amount of money or having access to jobs. You are comfortable with people being murdered for standing up for because righteousness. It does not disrupt 
their way of life. And yeah. when they showed Doris Day and those pearls, was that Doris Day? I don't know. Oh, no. uh, seeing Someone. that song, that was oh, like, yes. I, yeah. yeah. It's like, what? It's like, oh, that's what you... That, that's, yeah. that's your that's world. Your, that's, that's your world. world. Even though that was a fake world. That wasn't even That was real. their world. That wasn't even their world. That was the distraction. That was, the distra- that was someone yeah, exactly. else's world. Yeah. That you're going to strive for and then in a sense of you striving for that fake world, you're forgetting about the whole world mm-hmm. or people around you. <laughs> what is the one thing that does not suffer the test of time? And that's people's willingness to not get rid of their entertainment. And the one thing that does not plummet when it comes to like stocks or like money or whatever is the fact that Wells no matter well, no, no, no matter what how you, what was the bank you said oh Chase you said Chase he, he I said almost died describe, it, that's how you describe it right uh, yeah, Chase it was really great when great I tell you it I wanted to holler but no one, one else was laughing well, though all of us were like yeah, well no. the whole thing was too like we that the, the mass the masses of uh, the whites in control didn't find value in blacks until they realized they could make money off of oh, Yes. Preach. It was like your humanization was contingent on your buying power. Yes. And, that yeah. is, and I wouldn't even call that. Say, there were 17 wait, wait, billion dollars. I wouldn't even call that yes. humanization. Worth of money. I would call that. We gotta treat them okay. We gotta treat them okay now. Okay. They've got money. Strictly commerce and like oh. livestock. Could not they believe didn't, that. They didn't consider them humans. They considered it's, them money. Or does it change sense. their definition it of what human is? No, I don't think when Malcolm X on that chalkboard subhuman uh, I agree they they, they were dead, those slaves were livestock yeah. to them when they showed for you sure. how much back then it was $1,700 that's like LA rent for four people yeah, yeah so exactly. I was like that's still a lot of money and back then that was like I don't know in shillings times shillings. <laughs> how much money that was yeah. inflation so yeah, I don't. I don't think they ever considered them humans. And he also brought up a really good point about how a white man picks up a gun and fights, whether he's Irish or a Pole, and we yeah, applaud it. I think it's one of his greatest points. One of the best so points ever. Great. But the black man picks up the gun. And you demonize him. You you imprison him. You, Boy, you I send an angry email and I get crucified times three. But yeah, let me. Could you imagine if I Harriet Tubman and picked up a shotgun? Oh, oh. Well, the thing is, I have to call out. And if my father ever listens to this, he's going to hear himself get called out. <laughs> Is it because he got everybody the wrong seats in the movie theater? No, he oh, wouldn't do that. Sorry, Cherry. <laughs> Sorry, Cherry. He's got that over you. But he's, he's, I mean, he's a, he's, no, but I think this thing that we're talking about right now with the demonizing it, I've, I have been in a small way very witness to it in today. And it's, and it's a very small way where, so we had the, one of the Black Lives Matter rallies down to town. Um, I don't remember which one we went to as UCB core. And I went down there, took some pictures, posted them online. I remember My, that one. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. My dad's response to that on on my twi- my Instagram feed was what are you crazy and I had to freaking respond like saying no I'm crazy for equality and then he was like well we need to talk about these issues and I'm just like God. and I love my dad but it's like again it's it's that it's going like but what if this was an issue that you that had to deal with you do you know what I mean mm-hmm. directly mm-hmm. that's the thing I'm getting tired of hearing is people just not well, they acknowledging you that there's yeah. something outside of you yeah. <laughs> what's more that, fascinating is when you ask them what is the problem with that? What's the depth? First, my favorite thing is, okay, what is the definition of Black Lives Matter? With anyone that has a problem with it. Oh, Lord. The definition is incredibly incorrect. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and don't And then you ask for fact-based fact knowledge. 
which doesn't exist based on what they believe no. it is. It's usually wrong. Right. But that's the same with everything. When you talk about Muslims and you talk about all these other cultures, yep. you know, James Baldwin, anyone who's talking about the Israeli and Palestinian conflict, like it is the same thing. Unless you are, unless you adhere to the cause, it is a terrorist organization yes. yeah. that is out to expel your belief system. Yes. Like a hundred percent. And that's what it is. It, like, just re- it reminds me of being in school and trying to argue when they were just like, oh, well, this, uh, all the Black Panthers did were kill white people. And it's like, they fed children. What are you talking about? But Where are you getting information? Exactly. You can't. Yeah. And I think, too. And there was no Fox News back then, guys. But why? Yeah, but, but it was why? all Fox News. That's true. Really, it was all Fox News. But what is the threat in someone wanting their humanity? And dignity. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like James so said, it's the loss yeah. of power. It really truly yeah. is. It's I moral believe, apathy is what he's talking about. Yeah, I agree. Truth. It's it's mm-hmm. a when he said the moral apathy, that touched the heart mm-hmm. spot because I'm moral. Um but I do think it is like that whole this is what we think life should be like. Yeah. Why are you trying to disrupt that? Why are you trying to move into our neighborhoods? Why are you trying to get the same amount of money? Why are you trying yeah. to be treated like a human being? And, and it really does come down to a thing of like, you just want to like sit someone down and be like, I don't understand how you feel or why you feel that when someone has the same thing as you, that that did takes away from what oh, you yeah. have. Because that's not what's going to happen. If you it's could never just happened that, that way. If we could get flip that switch in someone's brain. As communists, they'll say. Oh, yeah, which it's just like they just... It, all, when I saw all those signs of like, like oh, that, 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 that they call like racist communists, like uh, all their, their... We're like saying like, all oh, them schools are communist, communist and all this and... Uh, a segregation or something. There Did was you see all that bad. It was just like you're you're just stuffing it into another fear. Mm-hmm. You're not even you're not even looking. And again, uh, we, we sort of bounced over it, but it also and I don't know where the point was, but I loved at the end of this documentary. I got to get to the end because before we move on, it's in my mind. I just want I just want every white person to watch the last. If they won't sit down and watch the whole thing, the they need to last the last chapter because yeah. what mm-hmm. he says oh. is he's like you didn't have to look like that whole thing hit me hard. Yeah. Is you didn't have and I might cry. Sorry, but you didn't have to look at us. We did. We know you. Yes. And it's like holy hell. And then he sits there and lets us look at black. Yes, yeah, black mm-hmm. black lives. And I was just like, this is it. And that photo, they're not looking. They're looking everywhere, but at the people being home. But also yeah. too, they. Exactly, but then I, what I love is then they sh- they make me as the viewer look, look at actual black again. lives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you looked at a beautiful, idealized black life. You didn't look at the pain and suffering that was inflicted on black lives. Oh, right. Which is his kindness at the end, extending in all of brain. Yes. You know what I mean? Raul was trying yeah. to oh, yeah, send you home happy. Doing. A little touch, but happy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Whereas, yeah. And it was also interesting because he set up those three chapters, and I, he didn't really get much into the, the third gentleman, uh, Medgar, was his name? Oh, yeah. Which I, I'm a guy that, yeah, because I didn't know much. I don't know. I'm now. Well, I'm said, like. I'm, um, I need to like Mender go was read the, up. Like on he said, he's the youngest. He was. He NWCP. died. He, he said. It, it was, yeah, he died young. He yeah. was a lawyer. Yeah. He yeah. But, he was still great. But he also didn't have enough time to do really yeah. impact like the other guys. Exactly. But like, I mean, the yeah. fact that the stark contrast between Malcolm and Martin, it, it was funny because it is, I, as I'm watching this, I'm remembering in my in my bedroom when I was a kid, I had a giant picture of Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And I was raised almost based off of his teachings. My mother was huge on Martin. And so I, I realized that growing up, I grew up Martin, but as a man, I lived as Malcolm well, because he, of how we are now. He brought up the truth, though, I will say this, when he said that Martin took up Malcolm's thing. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't, they're not familiar with a letter from a 
Birmingham jail. Yep. They don't know, like, when his anti-Vietnam war. Like, he was crunk as fuck. Like, after uh, Malcolm was assassinated, Malcolm was just, like, the greatest threat to civil rights. Ugh, my tongue is so heavy. Uh, is the passive liberal white person. It's like, you know this is wrong, but you don't do it. And he called him uh, out when he was in the jail. Like, so, I think if you are a true white ally, you need to read that letter and see crunk as fuck uh, MLK instead of the nice good guy. I mean, he started off that way because he was non-violent to his core because he studied the teachings of Gandhi. Who? I hated black people. Thank you. <laughs> like, Whoa, Whoa, girl. <laughs> Hold on. I know. No, no, no. I, I've been reading up on it too because all of a sudden like, everybody's like, Gandhi hated black people. I'm like, Gandhi at that the statement he's talking about looking out for Not his one statement. It statement. was his, he he believed that the Africans were sub were subhuman. Yes, yes. So I, just, I've read all racism. of that. But yeah. I just find that I, that's how when he was a young man. Can we not change? Yeah, but but you're reading a story sold by who? Yeah, mm. I was like, you gotta read. <laughs> but all you, of I mean, I'm not saying you're probably both. I think you're both right. Or all like one side is like right. Yeah, you need to acknowledge what you've done. Definitely acknowledge. But then also, I do believe that we have to we have to understand that people can change. Yes. Yes. The only way that we can change, though, and I think is our biggest issue right now in general. Is that we don't? The only way you can change, in some way, is just shut the fuck up and listen. And he said that to a point. And, and I wish I could remember how eloquently he put it. What, I don't put it eloquently at change, all. But, but James is talking about how if we want to change, we have to take a really hard, hard look at ourselves. Look, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that people don't want to do. He was saying, "What is?" He goes, "You brought me here. You named me this. You have to figure out why, why I'm here. here. Why exactly, because mm-hmm. it's your. And yeah. that's what black people today. I've always said that when people are like, "Well, you need." To do this is not my problem. Correct. Your bigotry and your discrimination, your racism, it's your hate, your sex. You yeah, you yeah. created that and you, you contributed to it. Because I don't you think did. that's cool. Yeah. I don't. I don't think this is. You awesome. wanted me to be a willing participant. Exactly. I don't do hear apologies. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, I'm so sorry. My yeah. bad. Yeah. We didn't ask for this. Yeah. So he. I mean, that's why I was saying it was like my life vomited on screen so I apologize to everyone who was like shocking news and I'm just like yes <laughs> yes I don't I don't think it's shocking news well cause you're but like well versed but I'm sure I, but I don't people- think I am Really? I'll be honest I don't think I am. You're more versed than most. Than most. Right, but I watched this and I go, I, I went this and I was like, I need to know more. Well, see, I don't went. know enough. That's, that's the, the point. And you say, <laughs> I need to know more. It's like that, uh, I don't know. Did you see the SNL sketch where Dave Chappelle was hosting and they were doing the election? I'll never forget the line where it's, he's at a pro-democratic party and they're watching the election and they're seeing electoral college votes coming and they're seeing Hillary lose. And I'll never forget the line. Dave is sitting there and I think Chris Rock's injured at this point and it's a group of white people and they go, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us in our country and Dave goes really this is the worst thing that's ever happened to America <laughs> yeah and, and, and talking about slavery and racism like the fact that you went and saw this shows that you know leaps and bounds more I can tell you right now I got you plenty of you saw that friends. one dude walk out and never come back damn sure did <laughs> yeah like you're not gonna this isn't a movie that people are gonna watch it's not a subject people wanna talk about because they wanna live in that happy safe bubble yeah yes. and until someone picks up the gun sorry and you know says mm, we're gonna change this and then what do you do you wanna demonize them but you have people like you that go no 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 we're not gonna demonize them we're gonna take a look at ourselves we're gonna look in the mirror and say what's wrong with this picture I don't know how else to do it literally just what I just said no <laughs> yeah, no I, we're, you're we're right. gonna, we're gonna sit we're and gonna look at this for a second and we're gonna figure this out yeah. and it's gonna get really uncomfortable it's like my mom says get real comfortable being uncomfortable because none of this is gonna be fun right yeah you have to go through that uncomfortable that's where change comes from that's where growth comes from 
mean, and I, I can only equate it to like if you're an athlete or you're somebody that's an artist, you don't get good by just do it like oh I'm just good without yeah, pain yes you only become better or grow as something and that and that is by facing something and going through some hard stuff mm-hmm. and that to be a better human we have to face this harshness and really face it yeah. really own it because then there's no more there's not and then it just or it just stays present which it is present. it's very present it's, it's so sad how just Everything he said, I'm literally going, yeah, this is still happening. And then you just kind of, at one point, I wanted to look around and say, are y'all tired of this? White people, are you tired of what you're seeing? Because this is still happening today. And for all that we've done in advancements and for all that we've, so far, as far as we've come, it still feels like, mm, not there yet. It's like the response is, but you ain't hanging from that tree, though. We put yeah. you in a box now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, like, that's the answer to everything. I do. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I uh, did that because I, I don't like hearing that, but that's what's being said. Yeah, yeah. That's what they always say. It could be worse. It could always but be worse. But now this time they're trying to say you're doing it to yourself. Oh, my God. Like that professor. You are the one. You are an author. Yeah. You can hang out with other white authors. Exactly. He still yeah. has to walk the streets at night as a black man yeah. with the police. Yeah. He, well, well when he I mean, him, that when he went so all those points of like, so I, and he wasn't like, I'm not. He's like, look, I'm not saying that they'd say this. I'm just giving you the, you, the, the oh idea that God. I can't be part That's of this. That's when we were like about I can't to be part of this. Yeah. Shout like it was oh, I don't. I'm when not you, telling you that they. Like he literally he said, just I'm like, not you're telling you this is how they feel. I don't know how they feel, but, but I'm telling you this is how I'm being treated and how they. Yeah, how they act. Every time someone talks about their human experience, the the rebuttal every fucking time is no, it is not this. What you're feeling is invalid. Yeah. What you are saying is not true because. This, to admit this if is to admit this it it oh the my whole God. time at the same time I'd have lost my mind <laughs> to admit that truth is to admit the flaw in yourself and you know how people uh, are. people no, don't want to be you no. people preach. never want to be wrong you can't admit you can't you need say to see that. the movie and see that interview and see the body language of the professor as he comes out uh, how he knows he's like I'm going to win this because of look, this I'm educated I need to see that other half of that uh, Cambridge debate because you saw how they had the, the moderator or whatnot in the middle and he then really James was. so I was like who did he crucify in that room because I want to see a weak <laughs> argument for segregation you or pro-racism. You know what, this comes back to right at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about the title of the movie and why it has to be delicately named for the sensibilities of the ones who will make the history. Y'all yes. too sensitive. You know? I'm going to say it. Y'all, we need y'all to stop being too sensitive, sensitive because yeah. if, you, if we constantly are being overly politically correct or, or sensitive, no one will, we just keep pushing, putting up a boundary of actually the things that need to be discussed. Yep. That need to be put on the table. Oh my God, you need to be able, you, you gotta take off your mask. Life. You have to take off your mask, you have to look at who you are. And it's okay if you did some horrible shit, but if you don't look at it, you can never move on past it. You can only live with it for the rest of What the rest is of being politically correct mean? I don't even, <laughs> and why is it offensive? Well, because, okay. Well, I think a lot of times. Are we talking I mean, about like how the old? I think most of the time is that most that? liberals use it as a way to to, to attack their their fellow liberals. <laughs> that happens a lot. But attack how? Like uh, let's deconstruct the shit out. <laughs> In the sense that all right, so Sasha. Like explain how white people. Okay. Work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is just like how, how do white people keep each other in check? Because uh, every hey, time I oh hear it, it's like don't say that. That's offensive. That hurts someone's feelings. Fuck their feelings. I get to have. You know what I mean? Do but you that's understand? What I feel like. I, well, but Lord. I mean, when they use they use it as a polite way to check themselves when it's usually something 
racist or homophobic or something yeah. that they're that they could find a better word to because use. Because it's like an old-fashioned colloquialism. Yes. Yeah. Like, okay, you really shouldn't be saying. I don't know. Like Clint Eastwood. Well, I mean, correct. Like, like, back in the day? like uh, me. Yeah. I went uh, home. Yeah, exactly. And then also, like, it was a, a small example. I don't know if this fits, or maybe this does. Going home about two summers ago, hearing like young nephews and nieces saying like "that's gay," and yeah. I had we to all did that and though. I had to be yeah. like, "Hey, don't say that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just you don't need to say it that way. That's if that thing you dislike, say that. Say a diff- use a different term." Mm-hmm. Because I do think that's one where it's like you're you're using this term to equate something that's bad, and that term doesn't need to just. Can I touch base on this with the most oh, horny way of realization? So that when when shit was lame, you'd be like, "That's gay as fuck," and that was like a colloquialism we grew up with, at least when I was a kid. So then Hillary Duff on TV, like Disney Channel or somebody, somebody had like all these PSAs going, mm-hmm. and like when you say that's gay, are you trying to say it's like lame? And then and that's the moment I was like, did Hillary Duff just change my life? Yeah, Hillary uh, Duff changed you. No, but then I was like, so then I made it a point to be like, oh, because I was not thinking of the weight of the word because I was not educated on the definition. I just associated it with lame. Not thinking that it is marginalizing or yep. making fun of a demographic. So then when I became privy to it, I was like, oh, man. And so I remember telling my brothers and sisters, I was like, guys, we shouldn't say that because, you know, people... Are they? I go and then they die because of it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, when we say this, we're talking about stuff being like lame or bootsy or something. So we're like, okay, that's lame. And that for that moment for me, even though she's like a silly person, it was someone saying, "Hey, just like clean the window a little bit," and I could see through it. Yes, you know, right. and something as simple as that. But yeah, that's like a definitely yeah. Well, yeah, I do think that there's times where you have to but have that's that. the growth you're talking about. The right. fact that it's like you can be a shit person. But if you grow, the forgiveness follows it. Yeah, and I think, and again, I think it is a bit of like, and the last year I researched into meditation and a couple of stuff with like people talking about shame in our culture. You research into meditation? What did I say, research? (laughs) I researched. I I feel like it is research. (laughs) I know that's that's, I love it. You are so unbelievable. (laughs) I love that you called me up, but I do think so. I don't think exactly what you Because I'm not a person who feels like, oh, I now meditate. I feel like I'm still, I feel like I'm still investigating meditation. Meditation for myself. So I see it as research. <laughs> Whatever, I'm an sure idiot. He's figuring it out. But, I love it. You're defining But I'm it. also like, I've been reading stuff a lot about shame and stuff. And I think it falls into that where, where uh, additional to what Baldwin is saying, that as a culture to groove on, we have to stop shaming. Yeah. We have to stop saying like, you did this shame on you. Because then the person that goes, oh, I need to grow from what I did, they in our if we're in a shame culture it means you live with that forever mm. you have to you have to sit in it you have to sit in it because I'm shaming you versus oh like what people do look dogs. at it. Yeah. yeah instead of looking at what you did what can we now learn from it and become better but I think that's also- less shame mm. that's more like really I don't know. Shame is deadly. I like, I like shaming people. Just, it's attached to work. Hey, I'm okay if you. I'm not. I'm not just children. trying to figure it out. I don't out. think. It's no, no, but ever the work of yourself. Children. You know what I mean? Like, if you have self worth, I don't need to find my worth in your status. That is true. You know what I mean? So, everywhere you look on every continent, there is a caste system. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it is specifically designed to let me know my place. Yes. And my place, hopefully, is above your place. Because oh, that makes me closer to the top. 
And that's we every want, fucking apparently. way you turn. It yeah. doesn't matter the race, the culture, or whatever, because you see it in prison, you see it in small segregated areas, you yeah. see it in mass open spaces, and it is probably the, the worst vein of the human condition. And and the sad part is now that our world is becoming closer because of like the internet and social media, mm-hmm. we still have the effects. You can see colonialism on fucking uh, Talk Instagram, about Brazil, like we did the other oh the other God. day. Yeah. With just like colorism there, and then if we'll you give a good little history because most people don't. So, know okay, it. but. I feel like you should just Google this. Why am I telling you this? But whatever. Give the people what they want. (laughs) So they have the largest concentration of uh, people of African descent outside of the continent of Africa. Uh, But if you talk to most of them, they're like, I am not black. Yeah. (laughs) I am colored or brown or mixed or whatnot. And you'll be, and for me growing up and how Sasha was saying, how you grow and change. I remember being younger and meeting Brazilians and they would be like, I'm not black and being like, bitch, you darker than me. You black than me. Like, but, you know, but just like, you can't say that anymore. That's mean. But, you know, just like, but you ain't black? Okay. Um, but it's like, like, Got effects black of, though. They was black real quick. Stop. <laughs> effects of colonialism and just the culture and like oppression. And it's like, we are not you. So even though we are whatever, fill in the blank of whatever offensive thing you were going to say, well, we're, we're not ghetto American black trash. We are still this or we're not black because that's dirty and gross. And white is power, as James Baldwin said. Yeah, that was the most yeah. beautiful. When he said that yeah. Chase Bay thing, I wanted to holler. It was funny, but like so real. I had never heard that before. And it's, it's that something before. that you understand quickly. Immediately. He, he put it so eloquently into words what we thought but didn't know we were thinking that's what what happens when you are a literary genius you can just also when he said uh, when he was like he wore his weariness like his skin oh my god yes and then when he said the blue sky was descending like a big fucking yeah you knew I was just like you better just (laughs) the command of the English language Uh, Bill the teacher who gave him those books thank you lady I know what a what a wonderful because like, he is a gift to get where uh, I went. And so. I just love the fact that he was like, I didn't view white people the way everyone viewed white people because of Bill. Of Bill. And I immediately went, damn, that was me growing up between Virginia and Miami, being in that diversity of you know Latin culture, and then growing up in my and in, in, in Virginia and, and being you know we're in the hood, but there's still white people coming to our school. You literally see them in a different light. Well, that's what a socioeconomic bubble does, is you have people, for Mm -hmm. example, that you touched upon that are voting for Trump that don't see themselves as racist or whatever, but they're one-issue voters, right? Mm -hmm. Your issues are not a concern of them because you don't exist to them, because they grew, they lived a whole fucking life and maybe generations of people who never had experience with someone outside of who they are. And to go back to what you were saying about the movie, the crimes, mm -hmm. their experience of black people are what they saw in Law and Order in the 90s. That's the introduction. And And that's why I thought it was beautiful because when Baldwin gives an introduction to his point of view on uh, Malcolm and his point of view on Martin Luther King, it's exactly that because those men individually had a different experience, whether it be limited or whether it be severe, whether it is anything. Mm -hmm. 
and that colored their point of view. It and that's preached. why, it, yeah, Malcolm's that's why he was mother, talking he about red hair. Right. He was a tall, thin man. Yeah. He was in and out of prison. Yeah. Uh, Dr. King grew up in a mixed neighborhood in a two parent home. His father was a preacher and a pastor. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. just completely different lives. So of course their outlook and outlook. And also too, the two of them was so polarized in their belief system. And then what happened? They overlapped. One another. Yes. Because of what? The their common goal. Exactly. Yeah. And not only that, their human experience with each other. Yes. Yeah, you can have a common goal distanced from one another with massive polarity, and it doesn't mean you're going to overlap. Preach but true. it is their oh. proximity that healed it. Yes. And that's a big fucking thing. It's like the biggest disservice you can do to yourself is not leave your town. Go see the fucking world. Go see your yeah, internet. Leave your town. Leave your circle Everybody of friends. Everybody should. But then go back and make it better. Just yes. to make oh, yourself oh, privy yeah. to something outside of you. Like this idea that always is mind-boggling to me is that God created everything and he did it in less than 10 days or whatever. How can you believe something Six. like this? And okay, let's say you are telling me he created the mountains, he created this except for black people. And fucking do that. Oh my God. Can we get on that Bible? That Bible verse? What was it the woman said? She said, and um, uh, you know, it, God forgives murderers oh, yeah. and God forgives adulterers, yeah. but God does not forgive segregate or something. No, it was yeah. integration. Integration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, who? No, they were, what they were talking about to give you guys preference. They were talking about interracial dating Thank you. and how um, God will forgive a murderer. You forgive everything but a man and a woman who are of a different yeah, race. I was. Together. I was like, what Bible was she reading? And who? <laughs> yeah. And who didn't you. tell her about the equator and melanin? Like that's what I'm, I'm talking dying about. Here. So. Hard. Oh, no, just like, right it's a, and again, she uh, was like, uh, "Africa is a country, and y'all need to go." No, she's like, "And y'all need to go back there." It also yeah. makes me think of this story that I read uh, a oh couple my. weeks ago about I can't. how they purposely make like specific countries that are big dogs in Western civilization massive on a map. Oh, yeah. They'll make other places look very, very small. When geographically that's not the case. We learned that. But it's a perception of power. Yes. And you're like, this country is two inches in real life. <laughs> yeah. Our lovely waiter is putting up oh, with being very polite to come here. <laughs> he knows we're talking too much. He's like, oh, they got to be quenched. <laughs> He's like, I can hear their dry throat like, from here. Good. <laughs> we, are super, we were super parched. We just ran through that water. Yeah. Uh, it was great. This water is brought to you in part, uh, right? <laughs> I, I mean, uh, this is great. Um, I didn't know James Baldwin until tonight. What? Wow! We are. I'm telling you, we are such groupies. Can we make some more suggestions? Uh, well, I definitely. Native Son by Richard Wright. Right. Yes, that's their awesome. Ralph Ellison's also good. Uh, Native Son did the other book, right? Native Son is Richard Wright. Right, yeah, yeah. They're not the same, but not we're saying take this as Black a jump Boy, in. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I read Black Boy. That's one of my. Favorite. Yeah, it's like we're taking Black Boy is an amazing book. I read it in high school. Jump from this and go. You should um, also read. Uh, there's a book. It's it's not um, ingrained in the experience, but it's ingrained in a very interesting idea. It's from Mark Twain. It's called Puddinghead Wilson. And you a, love that book. I do because I think it's very interesting because it's so much about identity in the normative structure. You know what I mean? Do you have this book? I read it in college. It's very fascinating. But she it's, quotes it like all the time. I just be constipated and first. Huh? And, con- and like. First. Uh, put in Wilson. When did I say put in head first? <laughs> you can go back to the tape. You said put in head first. Uh, can we have a replay? <laughs> she did not say that. She don't have Wilson. that capability. She <laughs> said Mark Twain. Put in, put, head. put in head, head Wilson. Wilson. 
And Sasha loves to drop yeah, that book. She's like, here are the books that you need to read to, <laughs> to be... Uh, uh, have you seen The 13th? Yes, oh, the 13th good, is, yeah. was one of my top 10 nice, uh, of the nice, year nice. that I saw last year. But yeah, we are such groupies of James Baldwin. We are always being like, we send each other videos, we'll post shit. Um, I feel like, even though as a groupie, I have not seen the full Cambridge debate. And the whole time I was like, I just gotta see, you yeah, know, yeah, I, I want to see, see it all. Yeah. He's like yeah. this vast pool, like he's like a big fucking ocean and you thought you knew the depth of it. And today you know, it was just like, oh no, no. No, we did not. <sighs> We're we you know those those creepy things the like BuzzFeed does where it's like this is what the bottom of the ocean looks like and it's like scary and there's all these animals you never knew existed yeah. or mm-hmm. sea life creatures whatever that was what happened today I was yeah. like I yeah. have only been on the surface I've only seen the sharks we literally turned to each other at the same time and said holy shit we got a YouTube every yes because we oh I would love to watch all of yeah. them yeah. yeah I mean I, if you guys were already in, like already in it I yeah. was like hey, well I just got thrown I just scratched the surface that is but I am definitely gonna be like. I know what I'm doing on a rainy day tomorrow. Yeah, I would love to do that. And also, I'd like you to send me that bring, the bringing him letter you just Oh, the letter. The, I know the, I haven't yeah. read it. That, that was like circulating it. a few months, months ago. ago because, yeah. every, because it really was uh, relevant to the times. And right. I think a lot of people, because I saw a bunch of people of color posting it. And then Toretta's got a letter on Jeff. Uh, oh, Seth yeah, Jeff. Oh, my God. But, yeah. yeah. There's just that one part. You'll feel it when you hit, like, oh. What am I doing as a liberal? Yeah, I, I feel like there's the, plenty more I can you know, do. But I gotta get out of debt now. Man, and shout out to Bob Dylan, too, man. I've seen two different documentaries about black lives, and Bob, Bob Dylan's, Dylan's been in both of them. Yeah. And it makes you say, I, man, go ahead, Bob. You the homie. He has so many great songs about um, black people in history. Yeah. One of my favorite songs is this Hurricane. Have you heard mm-hmm. that? That song is amazing. I need to listen to Hurricane. And I mean, that story is amazing. I actually yeah. think the movie with Denzel is actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm underrated movie when it came out in that song that song is a that song moves you you know if you can understand what he's saying it's really good yeah. If anything, so just amazing. look at lyrics. Read lyrics while you just read. Yeah, read. Say this <laughs> kid about Bob Dylan in front of my dad, and he'll be like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone has that person. He loves him. Everyone cats. That's me and Prince. When people, I'm like, "Get out of my face!" <laughs> They're like, "We don't even know five Prince songs." I'm like, what? "Leave my presence now and never come back." You know, just to touch upon something, you know, because like we've used a lot of labels in this. You know, when we're identifying like liberals and blacks and whites and all the burden each culture carries. My father is a Palestinian je- refugee, and I'm first-generation American. And uh, I remember my dad telling me this story only after I asked him this question. Uh, I was in grade school, and never once before then did we ever discuss what the color of someone was. And it, and I remembered this tonight when um, he was talking. There was a picture of the, the mom and the young black girl. And she, he was like, it's around six years old when you realize you are not white when you are not American, when you're not this, because you don't get to participate in the country, basically. Yes. Was, uh, that's a poorly phrased uh, you got summation it. of what he was saying. but And it was making me think that it is learned behavior, because so my dad grew up in Palestine, and the thing is, is like, overseas, it's all about nationality, not about color. So it's not something that you knew. And he told me this story about his friend in college. It was this uh, he, this big guy who was like seven feet, and he was the mascot for Northwest Missouri State. And he was walking in the cafeteria, and uh, a guy was like, hey, where's your big black friend? And Baba was like, what? I call my dad Baba. I, he yeah. was like, what? And he goes, your big black friend, the guy that's your roommate. And my dad goes, he goes, I had the longest pause because I didn't understand what that meant. And he goes... 
I forget his friend's name. He goes, are you talking about such and such? And the guy was like, yeah. And my dad was like, uh, I don't know. And he goes, I kept thinking about that because I had never heard that before. Then I was like, that's a very curious thing because my dad came here and he was like 18 years old, you know, so he's just a kid. He's lived in the United States more than he's lived in anywhere else. So this idea is like very early on, he had to learn what this meant. Uh And then I remember growing up, no one ever, we never discussed what color you are. You know what I mean? My mom also being, uh, both my mom and dad are um, United States citizens, but I am first generation American. So my mom, I would be like, mom, I came home from school today and people kept asking me what I am. And she goes, if anyone asks you, you tell them you're American. Mm -hmm. And that was it, it was, you're American, you're American. They asked me why I look like this, you're American. That was always her fucking answer. And I was like, okay, so I go back to school. So anyways, in, in the Midwest, you take standardized tests and they're called the ITBS test. And when you start taking them, kindergarten or first grade or it something? It depends where you're from. Yeah, yeah, so we start taking them and you have to mark your, you know, your race. So it's like white. And at that time it was like white, black or other. And I remember sitting in the classroom and being like, uh, <laughs> never. She didn't know what that I didn't was. know what that meant. The confusion. Yeah, and I was like, uh. And I remember I turned to my friend. I was like, what are y'all putting down? <laughs> for the, for the race question. What'd you get for race? Yeah, and they're like, oh I go, are y'all white, black, or other? And they're like, Sasha, you black, girl. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I put black and then all the way to third grade. So I remember in third grade, I marked black and my teacher's over my shoulder. She goes, Sasha, you are not black. And I was like, no. <laughs> What color am I? They're like, you're black. And I was like, they said it. <laughs> they said it. I hate like, you so much. Oh. I was like, this is, uh, this is, I, I go, I've been black for a long time. So I called the, so like, the teacher makes me go to the office and call. For a long time. <laughs> because my oh. simpleton brain, like this I know. is my introduction to this. I have heard this story 32 times yeah. and it still floors me. So I go to the office because my years. teacher doesn't know how to delicately break it to me that I am not, not what black. I thought I was. I want to know what she thought you were. Also, I didn't know what being black meant. I was just like, that's what we're all putting, guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yeah, you're just like, oh, I got to get this answer right. Yeah. So my, anyways, my dad owned a restaurant for a long time. And he goes, do not call me unless you are dead. So I called my dad because he wouldn't even pick you up if you were dying from like the flu. So I'm like, hey, Baba, he goes, why are you calling me from school? Are you dead? I was like, no, I'm not dead. And my teacher's just looking at me like, oh, my God. And I was like, so I was like, Baba, uh, they, my teacher wants me to ask you a question. He goes, okay, get on with it. I was like, Baba, am I black, white, or other? He goes, what does this mean? And I was like... And I look at my teacher, she goes, what color are you? I was like, what color am I, Baba? He goes, I don't know, olive, tan. <laughs> and he goes, is that an option? And I was like, is that an op- olive, tan, an option? She goes, no. And he goes, uh, fill in other. And then I remember getting home. <laughs> I said, anyways, I put other. And I got went back to my friends and I was like, guys, you won't believe this. I am not black. <laughs> I am other. <laughs> they were like, nah, girl, you black. Like, they would not listen. So anyways, the point is, is like, in third grade, that's what I, learned, had to find I learned about race. And like, it's silly and it's like a funny story. And like, for me, it was a comical introduction to race. But what I understand is that juxtaposition is a very violent and brutal introduction to race for other people. You yes. know what I mean? Because yeah. black parents will have to sit their kids down. But it's also tethered very yeah. much regionally to where yeah. Yeah. your education is acquired, you yeah. know? And even then, when my mom and dad sat me down and just talking to me about it, and my dad, I remember saying, he goes, this is a stupid social construct 
that is created by Western culture. And my mom goes, I don't see why you just can't say you're American. And my dad's like, God, woman, we get it. We're all American. Thank you. <laughs> you know? You're very happy to Your be mom here. wants it to be the perfect world. Well, my mom but... is a very powerful woman. And, like, being an American, it's like you have a voice. And, you know, yes. where she grew up, like, being a woman and having a voice will get you killed. And yes. so she's very proud of it. And I understand it. And it's a beautiful thing. And there is a privilege, even in this country where you are oppressed, it is still a privilege to be oppressed here. Isn't that funny to say that? Isn't a terrible fucking thing? I have no I would love to have like a comical story. Mine was the only time you're allowed to fight people is if they call you a nigger. Mm. That's how you know I was raised by two parents that were in the South going to school in the South. Which is funny because that was never an issue. You're first generation American as I'm well, right? I'm first generation as well. My dad's from Ghana. My mom's okay. from Brooklyn. BK, what up? Um, but I'm dying right now. But it, it's it's funny because you you said that it's only when someone calls you a nigger. Whereas in Miami, you know, growing up with that with that melting pot, yes. race was never an issue. It was literally where, what hood are you from? Are you from Richmond Heights? Are you uh, from Bryan? It was from territorial. It was territorial. And in Virginia, I grew up in the, in the not the greatest neighborhood in Virginia. There's definitely some some real hood shit going down, but. It didn't when when the hood is all you know, and no one makes it bad. It's it, there was no bad definition, so to speak, until we watched TV. There was a show South Central that came on. Oh. I don't know if you remember South Central. So, watching South Central was the first time on TV where I had seen something remotely close to my neighborhood because at that point it was just family matters and fresh principal and it's just you know you're living in these good neighborhoods and I wasn't in a good neighborhood but I saw South Central and I saw something that reminded me of my area and I was like wait. Do I not live in a good neighborhood? Am I not in what's considered a good spot now? Because my world wasn't that. I didn't. I didn't know anything other than where I lived. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to worry about someone calling me because it's like we're all black. It was yeah. literally just black and Asians in my neighborhood. That was it in Virginia. That's that's how we grew. And the weight of word is that word is different when it's used as a colloquialism mm-hmm. in that community as well. So your introduction to the word doesn't have the heaviness and the pain that you would have. I that you would later learn on Like, it, remember you know? how James yeah. Baldwin said he, he left, went to Paris, and then when he came back, and went, came back to Harlem yeah. and felt like a stranger in his own... Uh, he was like, I'm here, this is home, but I do feel, like, removed. I love that line when he was talking about that, too. He goes, to live, I had to pay my dues. Yeah. And I was like, that is the most beautiful fucking thing yeah, I've man. ever heard. Yeah. And you see that all the time. People are like... I'm going to suffer with my people because I cannot enjoy my life to its fullness knowing that it's the same. What is that's that why we love uh, him. No one is free until we're, we're all free. All free. Yeah. yeah, and that's why one of the reasons we love him because he could have stayed. He could have been like, oh, oh, been, bye-bye. oh good, civil rights is great. I'm safe over here. Yeah, but I'll was, write about it from a safe Exactly, but he packed up he his typewriter and came. Yeah, and I went was, into it. He was trill. God bless yeah, you. Gotta go into the lion's den to fight the lion. Yes. James Baldwin. I can't even get like yeah. people I know to, to acknowledge my existence as a human. I have to. I want to say this in acknowledgement of like where you got where your like upbringing is. That there's two things. I think I lucked out, and then also was at a disadvantage growing up the way I grew up because I grew up in a household that I don't think was very. Um, uh, did um, did raise us to look at the world in an equal way. Do you know what I mean? Not, I never was raised or told that anyone different from me was less. 
like you know what I mean? Yeah. I had a, a, a great friend named Asad Kadia who was Muslim growing up in elementary school. We were great friends. That was never an issue. Things like that. But the flip side is I grew up in Utah where there wasn't much diversity. It never really got challenged. Well, every minority you met was the exception to the rule. You know what I mean? For sure. People are more likely to believe that the one good Muslim they knew is an exception and not the fact that the majority of right. blacks or Muslims are peaceful people. Like, that's that's the sadness of it. It's like, it doesn't matter if you had a good friend because his the way he lived his life was not enough to affect the people who live in a bubble with a limited purview of the world. Right. And... And also, I think going forward, like, I don't know if I'll ever have kids. But if I was, I think you have to do a step forward more than just teach you people are just equal. I think you have to take the extra step and be like, you need to stand up for others outside of yourself that you see that that they're not being treated equal. Well, like he said, they're... Start it right there. Well, it's a frivolous word because it is not tethered to anything. You can... Pontificate all fucking day about equality, but it doesn't mean anything unless it's tethered. You know, the fact mm-hmm. that James Baldwin is like, I am the flesh of your flesh, the bone of your bone, and that is something disgusting mm-hmm. to hear to someone who does not see him as a human being. Yeah. You know, it goes deeper than that. It's just like this idea that was constant in the documentary about reflection, reflection, reflection. And he said that, and it was so poignant because it's like, people think reflection is only an aesthetic. You know, no, but it's not. <laughs> and it is so far beyond that. And it's I think, real. yeah, and I think it's just, it is a massive deficit that is ingrained. You know what I mean? Like you look at the United States and you realize that you know the people that think they're owed oh, this land are not—they're not even fucking from, from, five from, generations yeah. old in this land. Right. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Or you have people like, example, in case in point, is our fucking president, who is, by the way, first generation fucking American, mm-hmm. and does not see him self is that nope you know what I mean yeah but that's the idea it's like this lack of self-awareness which brings us back to what James Baldwin said at the very end you have to realize you brought me here and you have to understand what I mean to you because then you gotta figure your shit out and it comes back to to what you said you're like I'm not going and arguing with these motherfuckers who created this mess yeah you want me to come save you no no No. No. you gotta figure it out because I can't heal you from the wounds that you're carrying Self-inflicted gunshot wound. I'm not gonna now sit in it. You shot yourself. Now sit in it. Great. Uh, figure out why you shot yourself. We're running out of time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this has been very hard great. Before it gets tough. Before. Uh, oh, can I just say something? Real I was, quick? for yeah. the for the viewers <laughs> listening at home. Just know that we are all at different tables. <laughs> <laughs> because for some reason, Charity. You know what? Got us all different I can't tables. Say <laughs> Two booths away, but the microphone is that damn good. My voice yeah, carries. How it works. You guys got bits. Look, I'll take the L of that because I, I was bits. I love these bits. in the wrong. I cannot believe I looked right at that screen and clicked spread. 17 different rows. I, uh, <laughs> looked at it with straight eyes, could read the letters. The conviction and of Jesus. You're yeah. so fucking confident when you I were really misinforming was. us that I, I just followed you. Was so I loved everybody. And when you were like, no, girl, I felt shamed. <laughs> Speaking of shame, yeah. I felt all the shame. It's all good. Hey, it all worked out. Those nice people gave us. I wish we had more. I, oh, I, I yeah, thank you. I wish we had more time Christ. to talk about his views on Christianity. Because oh that, Lord, oh that was so good. I'm oh, not we could be all day. We, we might need to talk about. Yeah, we will like, talk we more about that because I grew up Mormon, and that to me is why. And and this actually 
very much this film made me go, oh, I'm glad I'm stepping away from it because it doesn't do the things it teaches. But it really that's a whole other like yeah, we might hour have we could go pod off to, on. Podcast Not yeah. only that, if you want to talk about reflection real quick, you let's look at the black community. You're worshiping a book that does not show you inside of it. The yeah. names aren't the same. Your experiences aren't Very in true. there. That's but we do that. Converted. That's what colonization is, though. That's Great. Well, you y'all are waking before up. We go, before we go, stop it. Even that book doesn't represent Malcolm. Yeah, you're totally but, right. But hey, he started on the path. He's been trying to wrap us up, Cherry. Before Everyone we rush, <laughs> before I rush, one, I'm going to need a picture from you guys, all, okay. right. all of us. But then, real quick, um, um. Can you take a picture of us real fast? <laughs> yeah, sure. And then, like, then I'm going to let them go and then I'll yeah. pay. Um, I'll drop that off. Though. Yeah, go ahead and slide it into my hand and I'll pass it on. I love this. This is None of this is getting you edited out. You're literally placing it in my hand. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to take a picture with, uh, <laughs> with the receipt? Yes. Hey, one more. Thank you. took you. that photo from across the room because we're all in different booths. Got bits for days. Great. All right, let's go uh, before my so real quick, I, I want you to say, in addition to the movie we saw tonight, I Am Not Your Negro, what are films that people should watch that, that and I want to say films because this is a f- mostly a movie podcast. We've talked about other literature. The films that you would suggest other people to watch in addition to this. They, the, at any all genre, of the or, Academy Award nominated films for this year, 2017. Uh, the O.J. Simpson, O.J. Made in America. Oh my God. It's so 432 it's hours of brilliance. It really is. <laughs> I agree. I'm an hour in and I was like, yeah, this is the it's best thing. Yeah, it's so great. Oh, uh, the 13th, obviously. Ugh, yes, preaching 13th. to the choir. Um, Thin Blue Line I watched as a child and still watch it really great um, and that yeah everything nominated for an Oscar this year in the documentary section is dead and also watch In the Heat of the Night man if you oh, haven't yeah. seen that with Sidney Poitier it's still relevant yeah watch In the Heat of the Night also right. you know watch the documentaries on the earth Oh it's yeah! Like get acquainted with the ground beneath you, pals. I agree. I, love that I like one. those animal ones too. I love oh, that my one. favorite! I love yes. Oh, and what about Bob for a nice palate cleanse <laughs> and Groundhog Day? Because we saw at the beginning of this movie a trailer for Groundhog Day for teens, the horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank I'm you. I turned. I asked that trailer was on. I turned to Cherry and I was like, "It was funner with Bill Murray." Yeah, it was. I like, was like, "Why is this on this?" Yeah, it was. It did, I'm like, of all the movies, so yeah, I had to. I had to repeat that. Uh, thank you guys You're so welcome. much. Thank you. Thank you for having us, America. We love you. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening and your time. Normally, I would plug all of my guests' Twitter and other shows and what they do um, right now. Um, I'll have all that information uh, to follow my guests on Twitter and what kind of shows they're writing for or performing in um, in the show details. But right now, instead of plugs, I just want to encourage um, all the listeners of the podcast to go out and see this documentary, I Am Not Your Negro, as well as checking out other great documentaries and materials. Um, Anything that my 
my guests had referenced, I say do it, read it. I'm taking my time out to go ahead and read the, the Birmingham um, prison letter um, because I've never read it. And I should read those because, you know, there's so much in this world that we, um, like this podcast is dedicated to, that we miss or we avoid, even if it's not out of malice. We just avoid stuff. Maybe it's in our, out of our comfort zone or we just miss it because we're so caught up in our own lives, which is normal. And there's nothing there that it, it's wrong about that. Just sometimes we got to go out of our way to do that. So please go see this documentary, then share this documentary with friends, then see more like the 13th. Watch that. Watch the um, Made in America O.J. Simpson documentary. That's on Hulu. Go ahead and watch that. Watch Moonlight and then go beyond that. Watch Lion. Watch anything that encourages diversity throughout the year at all times, because that's going to make the world a better place is if we look at other people's points of view. Um, And thank you again all for listening to the podcast. Please, if you can, go on to iTunes, um, subscribe, rate, and review. That will bring more listeners to the podcast so I can keep having on great guests. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat under the handle IWWAO, as well as there's a Facebook page and Tumblr of I Will Watch Anything Once. So if you have movies that you'd like me to watch, feel free to email me at I Will Watch Anything Once at gmail.com. I will look forward to hearing from you. Um, on any of those avenues. I appreciate you guys listening. Um, keep keep listening um, to artists and scholars and, um, um, and just keeping that, that spirit of Black History Live throughout Black, Black History Month throughout the year. Um, and remember, if you haven't seen it once, you can't complain. Barbecue. That's barbecue, yeah, right? Yeah, that's Chipotle, right? Chipotle. What did, which one did you guys like? Neither. <laughs> you didn't like either? You want traditional ketchup? Traditional okay so far? Um, I'll put in one more thing. I think I'm the only one that's going to be eating. Sure. Uh, can I do that chili? Chili? Yeah, just a cup. Just a cup. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get these menus out of here? Yeah, 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 man. Yeah. We really appreciate it. No thank you. Thank, thank you, sir. No, thank you. Great. On the way. Let's All right. Let's do it. I've been recording, so. Oh. <laughs> I had oh. you talking about sauces. Sauce. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.